Morning, everybody. So we we read uh, in this week's parasha. It's uh, uh, I think a lesson to learn from it. It says, "Ve'ele toldot Aharon u'Moshe." These are the the descendants of Aharon u'Moshe. Be'yom diber Adonai Moshe be'Har Sinai on the day that Moshe that Hashem spoke to Moshe on Har Sinai. And then what's the next pasuk? Ve'ele shemot bnei Aharon. And these are the children of Aharon. The names of the children of Aharon. Habechor, Nadav, Avihu. So you have the Bechor is Nadav, and then Avihu, Elazar, Vitamar. Ele Shemot bene Aharon. These are the names of the children of Aharon. Hakwanim. So we're talking about the descendants of Moshe and Aharon. And the Torah only gives us the descendants of Aharon. And it doesn't mention any of the names of Moshe's children. So Rashi, and then pretty much most of the Mefashim, what they comment and they say, why does it say these are the names of the children of Moshe when it's not Moshe's children? It says because Moshe taught the children of Aharon. We know the system of teaching the Torah was it went through from Moshe to Aharon, Aharon through his children, and from there to the, to the 70 elders, from there to the Bnei Israel. So through the children of Aharon, Moshe taught his Torah. So the, stu- the children of Aharon were the students of Moshe. And the rabbis tell us that a student is like a child to his rabbi. And it goes, I think, both ways. I think that the rabbi feels that he's connected to his student, and the student feels he's connected to his rabbi. So I remember I said the first time I met my own rabbi, when I walked into his house, I, I come to Long Beach, I couldn't pray there, when I, when I was in Atlantic Beach, I couldn't pray in Atlantic Beach, it was just like, I don't know, I was in a foreign uh, universe, and these kids were building a sukkah and asking me, where do I go? I said, I went to Deal every Shabbat, or I went to Brooklyn every Shabbat. And they said, no, there's this rabbi, his name is Abitan, go see him. And the first time I walked in his house, he tells me, you're going to be my new son. And it was because he knew my family and his, son, his, his youngest son had just left that day. And the truth, we became very, very close. But he made this commitment that I'm going to be his son. But where does that come from? He said, you're going to be my student. And if you're going to be my student, it's as if you're going to be my son. You see this so often in many of the great, great rabbis. There's a story about a young man. He's going to go to Radin. He's going to join the yeshiva in Radin. He lives in a village a little bit away. They tell him, don't worry, you're going to walk to Radin. You'll leave early Friday morning. You'll get to Radin Friday afternoon, and you'll be fine. The kid doesn't know. He never went. He lives in a village. He doesn't know how long it takes to go from point to point. He leaves Friday morning, and he's rushing, rushing. And they tell him, no, no, it's still a distance away. And he's going, going, still he's very late, he's exhausted, he's literally running the whole way. He finally gets to Rad and he gets to the synagogue. And they already, the sun, he sees the sun is about to set. He comes in with his, his suitcase, his little suitcase, he puts it down in the synagogue, and they're already finishing Arbit. And now he's like totally out of breath, exhausted, and they're all finishing Arbit, they're leaving, well, who's he going to go with? He says that he prays, and one of the guys says, Don't, just go to the house of the Chafetz Chaim. The house of the Chafetz Chaim is a shack. But don't worry, he'll take care of you and he's going to have to give you the test to come to the yeshiva anyway. So you'll go there, go for Shabbat, you'll know him. So he comes to the house of the Chafetz Chaim, he knocks on the door, they're all sitting down 
getting ready to have uh, dinner Friday night. The Chavetz Chaim welcomes him in. Where you're from? What's your story? He goes, okay, you're for sure you're welcome to stay here for Shabbat. The boy says, do you mind? He says, the rabbi says, sit down for a minute. He goes, do you mind? I'm going to just close my eyes for a minute. Call me when you're going to say Kiddush. He sits on the chair. Call me when you're going to say Kiddush. He closes his eyes. He wakes up a little while later. He sees the Chafetz Chaim is sitting at the table. And the table set. Everyone else is gone. He gets up. He goes, Rabbi, what happened? He goes, nothing. You fell asleep for a few minutes. But they ate quickly and everybody went to sleep. But I said, I'm going to wait for you. He went into the kitchen to wash his hands. He sees there's a little clock. He thinks it says 345. He says, he can't be. Must be the clock is wrong. He sits down with the Chavetz Chaim. He, the Chavetz Chaim says, I ate already, but he's serving him food, everything, talking to him for an hour, singing some songs, doing, uh, talking about Torah, talking about what the boy learned. And afterwards, the boy says, Rabbi, I realize it's late. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. I'm gonna, I'll clean up whatever I have to clean up. And the boy goes back to sleep on the, on the couch. A few hours later, he has people all up. He gets up. He goes to the kitchen again to wash his hands. And he sees the clock says 8.45 a.m. in the morning. And he turns to the one of the boys. He says, the clock must be wrong, right? He goes, no, no, the clock is 100% right. He says, the Chafetz Chaim stayed up till 3.45 in the morning. He doesn't know me just to take care of me as a guest. But I said, no, he's going to take care of him also because he's going to be his student. And what would you do for your own child if your own child needed to eat and you're going to feed your own child? So I think also the, the, it's interesting because the Ramban, he says that we talk about this week the, the Levi'im and we count the Levi'im from 30 days. Why do we count the Levi'im from 30 days and everyone else we count from 20 years? So the Levi'im we count because the other ones were counting for going to war. The Levi'im were counting for Kiddushah. And all of us have this aspect, he says today, of Levi'im, like the Levi'im of Kiddushah. Which means all of us have the aspect of being a teacher. Which means all of us have the aspect of treating everyone that we're going to teach as more than a student, but almost a child. The love has to be completely there. And you have to realize, I think, that everyone you meet, you can have a profound effect on, and you don't realize the profound effect that you, you could have on them. So I was talking to AJ Gindi on, uh, on Friday, and AJ was talking to me about a, uh, about a, uh, they're going to do a renewal, uh, a renewal uh, event, and they were going to do renewal video, and he sent me a couple of videos, and he asked, because my wife had a transplant last year, so he asked about my wife and my family participating, I told him my son-in-law who gave my wife a kidney is coming from, is coming from Israel for the wedding uh, in June, so maybe we... We do everything in June. And I was reminded of a story when I was talking to him about a renewal event. So there's a story at a renewal event where a young, a young man in his mid-30s, he donated a kidney. And after the event, they're getting up, he walks over to Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson. And he says, I have to tell you a story. He says to him that I was 13 years old, living here in America, and by 13, I was already thrown out of seven different schools. He said, every school wanted me, you know, so they were all getting me to come to his school. They all wanted me to come. So I was already seven schools by the time I was 13. My father said, this is it. One more chance. So I got into high school, started my, 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 uh, my next school, my eighth school in high school. And I lasted about a year. And then they also had enough of me. 
I was 14 years old, and my father said, I also had enough of you. Now, I don't know if this is the reason the boy got thrown out of school all those times, but his father said, I can't have you here. You're messing up all your other siblings. Your people are talking about us. I can't have you here. You're done. So my father sent me to Eretz Israel. He sent me to Israel. I said, what am I going to do in Israel? He says, you'll find a place. I'll pay for whatever yeshiva you could get into. Send me the bill. I'll cover it. But you can't be here. He says, he comes to, he lands in the plane in the morning. He comes to Bnei Brak. And it's already 10.30 in the morning. He comes to the Slanimer, uh, the Slanimer Shul, uh, the, the, the Bek Knesset. And already the people left, but there's an old man still sitting there. And the old man is sitting there and he still has his talet and tefillin and he's learning. And the boy comes and he says, okay, I'm going to at least pray in the shul. Who's the old man? His name is Asher Ochanovich. He was 95 years old at the time. He had been a partisan during World War II. And he lost his family in Europe. His kids and his wife died during the Holocaust. He came to Israel, he remarried, but he, was, he never had any other children. And 10 years prior, his wife passed away. So now he's 95 for the last 10 years. He's with his house, basically. As much time he spends in the synagogue, he spends in the synagogue. This boy comes into the synagogue, and the, the older man asks him, what's your story? He said, already I got thrown out of eight yeshivas, and my father wanted to get rid of me. He sent me here to Israel. He says, the old man turned to him, and he says, let me tell you something. Let me tell you what got me through the, the years of the war. And the years since, he said there was a rabbi that I had in my town. And it was interesting, when I told the story, one of the guys in the, who was listening to the story told me that his family was from this town. And he always heard of this, this rabbi. His name was Mordechai of Lekovich. They called him the Magid of Lekovich. And the Magid of Lekovich said, you should always remember Pasuk that we say three times every day. Lehodia libne ha'adam gevurotav. We say it on Ashrei. Lehodia to let known to the children of man, to people, givurotah. So we think of it that we should let people know the strength of Hashem. Lehodia to let know, Livne Adam givurotah, the strength of Hashem. He says, but it's not only to let people know the strength of Hashem. Lehodia Livne Adam to let people know, givurotah, their own, their own strength. He said that, he told me this pasuk when I was young. And I thought of this pasuk, and this is what got me through the war. I had to search within myself for my own strength, for my own glory. He said, and I'm telling you now, you have to look into each person and especially yourself, because each of us is made with the image of God. So within each of us is a godliness. Within each of us is givura, strength. Which in each of us, within each of us is hod, glory. You have to find this glory within yourself. And the boy said, you know, I was given a little strength. I registered in a yeshiva in B'nai Brak. My father said he was going to pay the bill. It was good. And it worked for a few months. And then I was me. And I did what I do. And after six months, they also had enough of me. So they showed me the door. And I said, you know what? Maybe I'll go to Jerusalem, the holy city. I'll find the yeshiva in Jerusalem. They'll take me. You know, my father's going to pay. They're going to take me. He goes to Jerusalem, he joins another yeshiva, again six months later. He's done, he's finished. He's now 15 years old, his father just berated him on the phone, and he's had it. He doesn't even want to live anymore. He finds a tall building that he tells the rabbi exactly which building. And he went up to the roof of the building. 
And he went to the edge of the roof of the building and he looked down below and he sees the people walking through Jerusalem. And he says, just one step and all the pain is going to go away. One step and all the people who don't want me, don't need me, don't care about me, they're going to be in the past. And I'm going to be relieved of all of this. And he says, as, as I was jumping, literally stepping my foot to jump off the building, I had an image of this Asher Okanovich. And I heard him telling me, Lehodia libne Adam Giburotav, that you have to look within a person for the strength. And I said, you know what? I said to myself, I never looked for my own strength. I never saw my own Selim Elohim. I never saw my own image of God within me. I never saw my own hood, my own glory within me. I never saw these things. Maybe before I jump, I should look and see if I could find these things. And he says, I literally stepped back. I was going to kill myself. There was no question. And I committed myself for one thing, to find God within me, to find strength within me, to find glory within me. He said that was 20 years ago. Today, I'm married with kids. I have a big successful business. And last year, I gave my kidney to a person. I have no idea who they are and who they were. <clears throat> and today, I'm speaking about giving my kidney in order to tell people, you have givura within you. You have strength. You have godliness. You have glory. Don't fail to recognize that you can change the world. You can change people's lives. Look at this, an old man, 95 years old, no agenda, sitting there and just sees a boy in pain. And what does he do? He does what he can. He doesn't ignore him. He does what he can to try to show this is a way that you can move forward. We have an opportunity, literally every single day we meet people. Why did I meet that person? There's a reason you met the person. Nothing happens without a reason. Nothing happens without a reason. You meet somebody, there's an opportunity for you to do something to potentially change that person's life. You could either be MYOB, you know, there's a big thing in our community, MYOB, mind your own business. Or you could get involved in the, with the person and try to help them and change their life. Sometimes you have to look at a person, they're not just another person. Look at a person as a potential student, as someone you could teach. And if they're a potential student, what are they? They're also your child. Moshe Rabbeinu is the father of the children of Aaron. But he's also the father of all of us. And he sets an example of what a father is. A father has to be someone who cares about his children. When Hashem tells Moshe, I'm going to destroy the people and make a new nation out of you. What does Moshe Rabbeinu say? No, no, no. Wipe me from your book. Which means wipe me from existence if you're going to destroy them. They're my children. Even though he tells Hashem they're yours, Hashem tells him, no, they're yours. We have to do the same thing. We have to look at everybody else as if they're our children. And if someone's your child, what are you going to do for them? Anything. You have to be willing to go out and do anything. You have to love your friend like yourself or like you love your own children. That way each of us has the ability to really change the world. Not to change the whole world. Change one person. And one person changes the world. That boy could have jumped. He jumped, it was over. In the end, he has a family, a business, helping people, chesed, and changing countless other lives through his story. We all have the potential to change countless other people's lives through our own story. Baruch Adonai